going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the PGA Championship. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, the uh, the, uh, the GPP King, uh, the Canadian Pitbull, whatever uh, nickname you want for him, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, are you ready for this week? I'm pumped. Yeah, back again, Kenny. Good to have you back. Last week was a lot of fun. Appreciate Andy Lack coming on, getting the job done with us. We had a good week. Adam Scotty Scheffler was the name of the pod. A couple good results. Day, day, obviously, getting the job done. We'll talk about that here in a second and a whole lot more. I know you're watching the Live Tournament end right now over there, so you guys know we're recording this Sunday evening, getting this out to you a little bit early. Before we get into the show, though, do want to remind you guys very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by PrizePix.com. Head on over to PrizePix.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. No better time than right now. Lots of options, picks, plays, all different ways. Check out prizepicks.com. Get over there. Lots of stuff going on for major week, as there is everywhere. But, Kenny, Jason Day, we'll get into all the stuff. But, Jason Day, we've been watching this lately, guys that have been in the mix, been in the mix, been in the mix. And also we've been watching, oh, but he's got vertigo, or, oh, he's tired from the Masters, or, oh, his neck is sore, all these oh, mental fatigue. And all of a sudden, these guys are always showing up, one or two, for some of those examples I just gave in this case, gave, in this case Jason Day gets the job done. What do you think of the event? Yeah, it's funny, you know, I mean, like, I probably rostered him bet him a little bit more in the spring when he was knocking out the back in, you know, in the early spring when he was knocking out those top 15, top 10s uh, on a weekly basis in the last month or so his game doesn't seem to be where hadn't seemed to be where it was then you know um with the vertigo coming and, and him not playing well probably one of his best courses at the wells fargo uh and then you know of course he comes this week 14 to 1 there's no way we're gonna bet him <laughs> and he does his thing um it was a great moment uh next online is gonna be ricky fowler <laughs> but to deal with all the stuff that Jason Day has dealt with in his life, uh, you know, especially recently, he lost his mother last year. His mother was a champion uh, of his life. You know, his dad was sort of a dick. Uh, and, and having to deal with those type of family issues uh, and then losing the one rock in your family, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a toll. But it's sort of funny. That's sort of when he started playing better. Um, I don't know what caused it. Uh, maybe it was motivation. I don't know. Uh, but uh, he's been playing better since then. Great to do it on Mother's Day. Had to be emotional uh, for him. A really good win. Really fun tournament. Uh, of course, you know, of course, not the, the greatest. It's definitely a putting contest birdie fest. Uh, but what you see in these type of events is everybody bunched up. Uh, and at one point, there were like 23 golfers or something like that within three strokes of the lead uh, going into the back nine or something like that. So uh, it, it made it a fun watch. Um, you know, uh, other guys, Austin Eckro, it's got to be, you saw that big cheese uh, that he had on the 18th green after he made that putt to tie uh, for second. Um, and then, uh, you know, tie for second is almost a million bucks. Big cheese, you said uh, Yeah, man. Cheese. I mean, a pretty big moment for him. Marty Dew, who I didn't even know was a member of this course, uh, you know, until after the tournament started. Uh, you know, his best finish in, in ever in his career was 19th. Uh, he comes out here, does his thing. Scheffler still having those issues with the putter, but somehow still shooting 65 uh, out there. A lot of a lot of really interesting stuff this week um, on on the PGA Tour and on Live, which I'm watching right now. And DJ has a four footer to tie Cam Smith for the lead. Uh, you get that in a PGA Tour event, people are going to be talking about that. When I say that about Live, they're like, "Ah, oh, who watches Live? Ah, oh, who cares? Ah." 
I mean, pretty interesting stuff over there, about 250 miles north of where the other tournament was uh, this week. So uh, that's going to be a big topic of discussion uh, also, because it looks like everybody on the top 10 of this leaderboard right now, except maybe Brandon Grace, is playing in the PGA Championship next week. So uh, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, speaking of Grace, I just got the update. It looks like he's tied up at the top now with Cam Smith as well. As we're watching oh, DJ the- missed it. Wow, DJ really? missed it. DJ okay, missed the, the three pool. footer. He's out of the pool for this week, Kenny. He's out of the pool. Wow, yeah, I know, right? We'll give you so some live a- live updates uh. throughout. I'm sure Kenny's going to continue to watch it. But I will say, like you said there, just a little thing over there is you and I talk pre-show, but like Cam Smith, DJ, Garner, Brooks, Bryson, if you want to go there, and Neiman, like those guys are all in the top eight. Those are the guys that I'd be considering here anyway, based on whether it's price, course fit, whatever. It's just the talent levels, all those factors. So to me, it's not a lot that I'm going to take away. Again, I don't know if you saw the course. It does not look anything special. It, it actually, in some cases, looks like a, a local muni. It looks pretty rough and beat up and, and everything that goes with it. So not quite the case of what we're going to see this week at the PGA Championship. But going back over, uh, you talked about the incredible story, like the Mother's Day stuff with Jason Day and the fact that his mother had passed just over a year ago. Mother's name on the bib, the caddy bib today, and goes out and gets the job done. He's. I was wondering, that's his mother's name? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there's like all those. I mean, everyone had that on their. I believe. I, mean, I, 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 I think everybody on- had it on the caddy bib, but just to say it, then, you know, that was something special for him. And then, of course, he's got his wife there in the set. I mean, they're pushing Finau now. I think that's number five in the oven. I'm pretty sure that's where Finau's at. So, you this know, they're doing the thing. It's easy to make babies with her. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. pretty hot, you know. <laughs> the, the biggest news of the day, I cut, you know, this is the worst one on Twitter. Everyone did it. You did it too, everybody. I just make fun of it, but it's like, Shocking, breaking news, Dash Day looks older at age 10 than at age 5. It's just no shit. Like, we haven't seen the kid because this guy doesn't win any tournaments anymore. So, yeah, he's a big boy, but he's 10 now and not 5. He's 10? He's 10. Holy, I thought he was like 18. Dude looks like like he can smoke, buy a pack of smoke. You can say that one then. I'll give you that one. Yeah, if you thought he was was 15, he's actually 10, then sure. Yeah, that's Uh. the other way of looking at it. But either way, good stuff for Jason Day. Like I said, the Fowler conversation is a bit interesting. It'll come up here shortly when we get into the tiers. Eckroat, uh, Marty, who you talked about, like I didn't know till today on the live broadcast. Like, oh yeah, he plays here all the time. He lives up the street, t- you know, a few miles, all these factors. But biggest takeaway for me, Kenny, DFS perspective wise, at least is, uh, you know, we compared last week, not quite the same as the Mexico Open, but in the sense of Mexico Open had like Rom, Finau and cut off. Here we had some more fillers up the middle, but just the talent rising to the top of these events, it just continues to happen. And Scheffler, what B minus C game? Like I was horrible, really. See, he called it himself bad round, and Amanda was like sixty five bogey free. Wow, bad round. Imagine, but he it was, and he even missed like a three footer at the end of the round for what would have been another birdie for a sixty four. So he's still T five. Hatton T five. Adam Scott T eight. We talked about that last week. Adam Scott in these weaker fields always shows up and gets up to the top. And then uh, who's the other guy? Si Wu. Si Wu right up at the top had himself. A really good day as well. So, you know, lots of good stuff came out of it. The other names in the mix that we would expect, like, or guys that we follow, and we're not surprised to see them up there. Vincent, double R, Norman, Steven Yeager, Mackenzie Hughes, talked about him last week, you know, a couple other guys like that. So overall, didn't have the best week. I had a lot of close calls on these mega tickets. I don't know if I'm going to actually hop in the mix this week. There's so many good tournaments on DraftKings. Like there's a $200 single entry, the 100K up top. The five dollar this week, Kenny, it might be your time, baby. It's got a hundred k up top, but there's a lot of great tournaments. The twenty five dollar milli, but the the big mega, I would like to get in the mix, so I might just throw one in there. But I had a lot of second places and top fives in the satellite, so it was a rough week for me that way. How'd you do this week overall? 
Yeah, I know. It's funny. I had a really probably my best week in like a month. And of course, I wasn't on the show. Uh, <laughs> you know, Cascade Cornerstones were, were, were good. Um, yeah, you know, a couple of top tens uh, up in there with Hatton and Jaeger. Those are uh, all on Gup's corner. Um, and also, uh, you know, GPPs were decent, uh, you know, especially with um, when Palmer was winning. I was really up there. I, I had a couple in the top 100 going into Sunday <laughs> in the $5. <laughs> Didn't pan out. Uh, Palmer sort of um, fell back towards, uh, you know, I, I think it was outside of the top 10 uh, after after today. So that definitely hurt uh, the GPPs. But it wasn't horrible. Uh, really solid week. Uh, couldn't get any bets in. Uh, didn't hit any bets, but that's sort of been the norm this, this year. Especially, it's hard for me to bet people under 15 to 1, uh, you know, and those have been the majority of the winners. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't bet them too often. Like I said, we we joked about that uh, pre-show as well. Like, yeah. it's something that I might have changed. A lot of a lot of well-respected betters around that we know are extremely sharp guys. We have a lot of respect for that. You know, you hear people say like, "Oh, they're betting the favorites." They're betting, yeah, they're betting the guys that are probably going to win. Feinberg does it too. Like all so, like these guys just don't sway from their numbers. Joe Torpic, just a bunch. All, all there's a lot of great guys in the community. We talk about them all the time. Try and get them on the show, do different things with them. But they're all incredible at what they do. But that is funny. Like we talked about, they're not trying to put all these two hundreds on the card or one fifty. They'll find numbers at times. And they'll take the shots and put smaller units or smaller pieces on those tickets. But in general, they're just going with the flow and adapting with the times. And right now, the favorites and the top end golfers are winning it, whether it's a good number or not is what it is. It's a winner is a good win is a good number. If you got the number, you know, in most cases, I should say it's a good thing. So we'll take it. Yeah. I'm changing my strategy for this week as well. When it comes to betting, I mean, it's a major, I'm going three guys, 28 to one or under that's it. <laughs> uh, that's how I'm going with my betting card this week. Three dudes, 28 to one or under done. Do you have any futures? No, I didn't have any futures for the okay, masters. I, like- I did. For the Masters, you know, you know, so much time in between majors. You just throw those features in there. For the other ones, I, I want to wait and see how guys are playing. I'm, I'm up and down. We, we're doing bets early, I guess, because it's just funny you brought that up because you, you're saying 28 and under. Mm-hmm. I only have three bets as of right now, and it's all from futures. So it's Cam Young at 40. My current book has him at 25 right now. It's Woodland at 100. There's places with even better numbers than that now. So that ended. That was not a good number. Now, my book does have them at a hundred still, but other books have them at like 160. I saw today. So lost on that one, but the Tom Kim 100 to one. And I don't even know how he ended up finishing. I know he kind of gained everywhere and was fine. I don't think he made the cut, bro. Yeah. Tom Kim did. Yeah. T 34. No, he he was fine. T 34. He he was in the mix. I'm just saying he is at, uh, what's he at now? About 40 on my book. So the hundred feels nice on that, but yeah, I'll, I'll see what I add as the week goes on. Obviously today, first look, going through it, breaking down the pricing, all that stuff. We'll see who wins live on here live as we're talking through it. But as far as the, the other event goes, the Byron Nelson is what it is. It's just a, you know, a filler event in between. Awesome. Congrats to Jason day. Got the Lister league stuff to talk about. And then we'll be on to the PGA championship. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on. Why don't we talk about, uh, why don't we talk about our listener league winner, but while I bring it up to him, why don't we talk about some of the stuff we're doing this week? Yeah, so big time news. We we said it would be there. I just tweeted it out before hopping on the show. Got it from my rep. We got fifteen hundred back in the mix. So it's the best going. It's eighteen uh, percent gets paid, double your money or more, ten bucks minimum. It's a five dollar three max, fifteen hundred total, a thousand to first, hundred bucks to tenth. So it's the solid setup where you got it set up in that way. Much more balanced structure. Lots going with it. And then of course the winner gets into the three man, gets into the tournament of champions. But 
Uh, it's a good event. You guys have done a great job filling it up. We're excited for this week. It's our it's tied for our biggest one this year already. The Masters was the same. If this one fills quickly, there is a possibility, you said at the U.S. Open, that we can go to 2,000. So that would be absolutely huge. But I don't know. 1,500 is a lot. You guys can get in there. We do appreciate it. And then, of course, I'll have it out on the Twitter tomorrow, but it ties into this, is I'm giving away total between this show, the comments on YouTube, and then on Twitter with the tidbits and things like that, $300 going to give $100 to three different people to use towards $25 Millie Maker tickets this week over on DraftKings. Or if you want to play $100 single entry, do what you want with it. It's 100 bucks, but there will be three winners announced on Twitter tomorrow on my Twitter, at Totag and Tambo, for 100 bucks based on all the giveaways we've been doing going with this, Kenny. All right, that sounds good. I forgot. Before we do, we go ahead. It is major season. It is a major. So let's do a story time with Kenny. Uh, I, I told the guys that I was going to do an old one. Uh, I was going to do the one where I proposed to my ex-fiance by throwing the ring in her face and telling her to shut the fuck up. If you want to hear that one, you can go back. Uh, I was, it was on one of Mayo's shows last year. It's been on the pod a couple of times, but something new happened uh, here recently. I haven't had too many new cash game corners to, or not, I mean, uh, um, uh, story time with Kenny. Kenny. Uh, just because, you know, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm not as crazy as I used to be. Uh, those, those crazy stories just don't happen uh, as much as they normally have done. Uh, but uh, we'll start with this with this new story. So, you know, I, I always talk about going to strip clubs, you know, banging hookers, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and there's a reason for that. You know, I, since I got this new job, uh, I have, you know, gained a lot of weight. You know, I, I'm sort of, you know, I'm sort of fat and out of shape. And, uh, you know, I don't have the swag. That I used to have uh, with the ladies, you know, I'm trying to make that better. You know, I'm, I'm cutting out carbs, doing all stupid shit that my, my doctor's uh, telling me to do. I hate it, but, uh, you know, I'm at the age where I have to start listening to my doctor, you know, if I don't want to die. Uh, so um, I, my game, I haven't been out with very many girls, blah, 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 that, that, are, that aren't strippers or that aren't women of the night. So, um, uh, so I finally, I, I, I've been talking to this chick really hot like 27 years old uh you know um i guess another reason why i'm back in i don't know if this it just probably has a little bit to do with it i'm making a little bit more money that gives you a little bit more confidence gives you a little bit more to play with you know you women like money you know it's the way it is sometimes um and so and so i've been talking to this chick you know, 26 27 years old nice girl beautiful uh indian but like with a persian background so really light skin really really sort of exotic looking really really nice um, and so I've been talking to her and so, you know, I, I get a call from her like about a week ago, um, just out of the blue. And this is like why I don't want to date. <laughs> this, this, should say, this is the reason why I just hate dating, especially in my age. Um, so she gives me a call and she's in a panic, right? She's in a fucking panic. She's like, oh, my, I'm like, oh what's wrong? Blah, blah, blah. What, what, what's the problem? So she proceeds to tell me about her crazy ex-boyfriend, okay? Some, like, 25-year-old, and everyone's dealt with crazy exes. You know, I've had crazy exes. One of my friends, best friends, I'm not going to say his name, but he's listening to the show uh, right now. You know, he has a lovely, lovely, beautiful child. Uh, but, of course, you know, he banged a stripper, and that's how he got the child. And the stripper's ex-boyfriend, neo-Nazi skinhead. <laughs> had lots of problems. Uh, I've had issues with exes. Well, uh, with uh, girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, stuff like that. Well, I don't want to be in that situation again. So I'm. I, she calls me, 
And she tells me that, you know, her ex-boyfriend is mad at her, blah, blah, blah. And that he started the key to the house. And he brings over, he said that, uh, you know, he's pissed at her. He said that he left a shit ton of drugs at her house and called the DEA. So she's driving home. I'm like, well, first off, you probably shouldn't drive home with the DEA or the feds are going to be at your house. And he's like, you think I can explain to them that this is all not me? I was like, no, bitch. You're going to go to jail. Uh, don't go home. You know what I'm saying? We, we got to figure something else out. And so she goes home. Okay, she goes home. She goes home and she sees like her whole house is surrounded by like black sedans and like uh, police trucks and stuff like that. Um, and, and she she goes straight into her house. I was like, I'm on the phone with her. I'm like, please do not go into the house. Don't go there. They're not going to care about your story. You will be arrested. I was just like, no, it's not my stuff. Well, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be on the phone with you when you go. We go on the, on the phone. She decides to walk home. What's going on? And I hear the, the, the DA is like, are you blah, are you, I'm not going to say your name. Are you blah, blah, blah. Uh, is this your home? And like, yes, well, and, and they, they pull guns out and they put her on. And then I, the phone is gone. I'm just hearing this. I don't know what's going on. She's getting arrested, handcuffed, and I haven't heard from her since. So <laughs> that's, I know it's not the best cash, uh, story time with Kenny that I've heard, but that's the reason why I can't deal with this dating scene. First off, I have to date younger women. That's just the way I am. It's more of a practical thing, sort of. Uh, because, you know, I'm an older guy. I'm 42 years old. If I want kids in the next five to seven years, I can't be dating like some of my age. You know what I'm saying? They got to be young. It's practical, right? 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 That's why I date 25, 26, 27 year olds. But and I just can't deal with it. And I'm done with it. I don't want to work on anything like that anymore. So just give me a stripper uh, once every few months and I'll be good to go. Let's move on. Any any comment from this story? I, I think, speaking. yeah, just one. I, I think the whole world is wondering, is this a real story or is Kenny, did, did Kenny get back on the nine hits of LSD and this is just something that he dre- dreamt up in, in his state of drug-induced I wish. Trauma? I don't know. I wish because, I mean, I feel bad for her, but I mean, I've, I've only been with her like, I've only been with her like a week or two. You know, and my ass ain't going to bail her out of jail. Tried to warn I'm not, not going to go to the police department and be like, oh, I need to get her out of jail. Fuck it. I don't know. It's, it's not worth that. No. So so, that, so that's what happened uh, this past week. And that's why I don't date anymore. All right. Let's go to the winner of our listener league this past week was R. Harker. I feel like he's won before. I feel like we I have a lot of multiple-time winners. I wasn't in the group yet, but uh, might have been in it last year before. Maybe he can last us on Twitter year. and let us know uh, if he has been. It's hard to remember every winner, but we see some of the same names up top. I've definitely seen this name up here in the past. All right, so his roster, he had Jason Day, 10% owned. Uh, Adam Scott, 18.9% owned. Seamus Power, who's actually my fade of the week, uh, 12% owned. Jaeger. Uh, 19% owned. Scott, uh, Scott Stevens, I'm thinking hockey. Sam Stevens, um, 7,600, uh, 13% owned. And Carson Young, uh, who I liked last week, about 9% owned in the in our listening league. What do you think of the lineup? Yeah, pretty solid. Good balance. So, you know, went with the balanced approach. Said, you know, I'll get off Scotty here. See what I can do with Day and Scott up top, the two Aussies. And then going down from there, a couple of guys in the 8K range. I mean, power definitely seemingly boom bust in this case it was the boom he came through got the all four under 70 even a couple of uh streaks i think bogey free round all that stuff but 
Uh, Stevens Young, just two guys at a cheaper price. Stevens definitely looked good. And then the dis- dispersion of ownership, like two guys just around 20% in Jaeger and Scott. A couple guys in that 10% range with Day, Power, Stevens, or we're like 12, 13. And then Young ended up coming in, surprisingly, almost 10% in the Lister League, which is awesome to see. We were on him the week before at 6,100. He had just missed the cut. And then now 6,700 in the weaker field event comes through and gets the job done. Almost 100 DraftKings points for him. So uh, shout out to our Harker. It's one of the closer battles we've seen in a while. The last few times, the last at least the last month or so, we've seen 15 to 30-point blowouts. This was a two-and-a-half-point victory. So our Harker sneaks in, gets the job done. We'll see him in the three-man this week for major week. And then, of course, I think he already joined the, uh, the Tournament of Champions as soon as I invited him. So shout out to our Harker. Congrats again on getting the W this week. All right, so let's get to the PGA Championship for this week. Uh, let's go over the course. The best golfers in the world, they head to New York this week for the PGA Championship from Oak Hill Country Club. Oak Hill has a rich history of championship golf. Three U.S. Opens play there, three PGA Championships, and a Ryder Cup. Uh, in those pre- prior championships, golfers were tasked with shaping a lot of shots around large tree canopies, and accuracy shot-making was more important than distance off the tee. Uh, the last big event played here was the 2013 PGA Championship, won by Jason Duffner with Jim Furyk coming in second. Not really a murderer's row of bombers uh, in those top two. Um, well, you know, that's probably likely to change this year as the course has undergone a massive redesign. Um the biggest change is the removal of over 600 trees uh, to give the course a, a bit of a more wide open look uh, and a wide open feel. Uh, also, all the greens are updated, uh, changed, reverting back to an upside down bowl shape. Uh, this will change what we look for in golfers this week compared to 2013. Uh, so I would take that 2013 event with a grain of salt. Uh, to me, uh, to me, it looks like the, the longer hitters are, are once again going to be favored. Uh, shorter hitters are not completely out of it, but they will need to be good with their short games, uh, good with the putter, and good with their long irons to succeed. Um, nothing is really shocking about the pricing this week, you know, just looking at it. I think that will be uh, the new norm uh, since Liv poached so many major qualifying players. Uh, prior to Liv, we normally saw, you know, extremely soft pricing with a couple of no-brainers in the 7 to 6K range at every major, especially Augusta, but even the PGA Championship uh, had that as well. Uh, while the pricing is by no means uh, tight, uh, we will see it get tighter and tighter as more live golfers are left out of future majors due to receiving no uh, world golf ranking points. Now, this doesn't really affect GPP's uh, strategy, but when it comes to cash, uh, I'm more hesitant about reaching down into that 6K range. Uh, majors outside of the U.S. Open uh, tend to have a higher 6 of 6 than other events. So I'm, I Personally, I'm going to go more balanced. Uh, I don't think I have a guy under 7,400 in my cash lineup uh, for this week. Uh, now, when we actually get to the meat of the course, uh, Oak Hill Country Club, 7,400 yard, par 70, two long par fives, and four par threes. The two par fives, uh, around 620 yards along, and it can be stretched out to about 650, uh, depending on what the tee boxes they decide to use. Um, for most of these, uh, most of these will be a three-shot par five, especially if conditions are soft. Uh, two of the par threes are long, um, and the other two are shorter. Uh, the long ones are going to be around uh, 230, 240. Uh, the shorter ones are 180 to 150, 180 and 155. Uh, joining the length theme are the par fours. Seven of the 12 are between 460 and 505 yards long. Uh, the 14th is a possible drivable par four with uh, at 320 yards. Uh, with this type of length and possible soft conditions, the course, uh, the course 
should choose to favor longer hitters uh, and golfers. Um, I just lost my place. And golfers are great short games. Now, off the tee, golfers will see narrow fairways with plenty of bunkering in the landing zones. Um, you know, as noted in the, earlier, they have removed many trees from the course, and that makes the fairways look more wide open, but they didn't expand the width of the fairways. Uh, the fairway hit percentage has always been low here, and this should continue. Uh, it is at, it's an average around 27 yards um, for the width of the fairway. Now, when they miss the fairways, they won't have to deal with the trees unless they miss wildly, but they'll still have to deal with tall, thick, rough, and bunkers. The bunkers here are not your ordinary run-of-the-mill PGA Tour bunkers. These these bunkers are penal, uh, maybe about a half-stroke penalty. You could think you could probably notch in, and very difficult to get out from. Uh, because of the rough, you could see something like we've seen at Wingfoot, where golfers are just bombing out there as long as possible. Fairways be damned, since even the shorter, accurate hitters will miss the fairways. Just so uh, they will have, you know, just so the longer hitters will have a shorter iron onto these greens, even if it is from the rough. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see small greens around 4,500 uh, square feet on average that are shaped like an upside down punch bowl. The area around the greens is surrounded by bunkers and shaved off collection areas. The pure bent grass greens have a bit of undulation to them, putting them five to 15 feet from putting them five putting from five to 15 feet should be difficult because of the slight nuances on the greens and the lack of experience playing this course. You can only learn so much playing three or four practice rounds uh, before you go to a major championship. And also they don't really know exactly where they're going to put the pins. So, you know, they're just guessing uh, on where the locations are. It's not like they're playing a regular tour event where they know where the pin locations will always be because of year in and year out play, you know, and since these greens have been changed since 2013, the biggest thing about it is they can put new new um, pin locations, you know, in dangerous positions closer to the edge of the fairways, which brings a lot of, if you miss the fairway, it's going to bring a lot of shaved edges, uh, tough up and downs, a lot of bunker uh, bunker shots into play. Um, so, you know, what I think you're going to need at this course, length will help, um, long iron play, short game. That's what I'm looking for. Tampa, what are you looking for in golf? A lot of the same that you talked about. We go back to a major Bring it up every single major. It works out pretty well usually, but just I, I go longer term. I look at just tee to green in general. And then, like you said, bringing in some of the other stuff. Like, but like, here's an example. You brought up the bunker play. Factual, true, absolutely. Everything you said is correct. Everyone's talking about it, brings that up. But it's it's not always who plays the best out of the bunkers on the stats coming in as much as who plays the best out of the bunkers this week. These guys all can find it. Some are worse than others, sure. But when you talk about the upper echelon of guys in these tournaments and what it ends up shaking out to on the leaderboard, it's kind of just whoever gets gets it in good shape that week. But overall, you talk about the distance, definitely a factor. Uh, bogey avoidance in majors, things like that, just trying to get there and not make the little mistakes. Par is a good score. And then you talked about it, those long irons, bring some other guys into the mix. But I think the bigger conversation will be when we get to it, at least from a DFS perspective, of the pricing tiers and then the live guys who you just talked about, by the way, uh, you know, live live here on the, the pod this night. Probably more live coverage than anyone's ever got in the past year. But uh, Cam Smith, Grace, and DJ going to a playoff as we speak. So pretty interesting down the stretch. We'll see how that one shakes out. But we can get right into it, Kenny. We got some big decisions up top. Rom, Scheffler, Rory, Kawa, and of course, Brooks Kepka, who looked pretty good. Last time out. Yeah, I mean, looking up at this top 10K range, uh, personally for me, I'm playing two guys. That's okay. it. Uh, I'm playing I'm playing Rom. I'm playing Kepka. That's how I'm going in the 10K range. Those two guys probably going to be two. I'm going to start 80% of my lineups 
with those two, maybe maybe 70, we'll see. Maybe a little 40, 30 uh, split there. I don't know which way I'm going to go. I might go 40 Kepka because that gives me a little bit more flexibility to uh, make the rest of my lineups with him being, what, $1,300 cheaper uh, than John Rom. Uh, when it comes to Rom, all-around game is there. Um, you know, when it comes to it, every single part of his game is above average or excellent. Um, so I, I have I have no issues. I have no issues if you want to bet John Rom at seven fifty, just call it a fucking day. Uh, the guy is the best golfer in the world for a reason. Um, he, he got that major. He's got you know he, he's got those two majors uh, now. Uh, this guy can. I think he has a skill level to knock off a bunch in a row, like we've seen with what Kepka uh, did, uh, you know, a few years ago. I think you can see Rom in that same mold, just because of the fiery competitiveness, the nature, uh, and, and and the excellence of his game. Uh, now, when it comes to Kepka, um, the guy looks like he's back. He's healthy. You know he only cared about majors in the first place, so playing and live really doesn't fucking matter. You know, he's getting his work in, at least. If the competition's not as good, if the courses are not as good, whatever. He's still getting that work in. He's still trying to improve. He's healthy. We saw what he did at the Masters. And then the other three guys have major question marks. Uh, now, if I, I would expect Morikawa to be the lowest owned. Um, that could make him tempting. Um, if I see him 10% owned or less, uh, you could talk me into it. The worry, of course, you have with Kawa is going to be his short game, his bunker play, and his putting. Okay? But everything else, he's right there. And even though his play hasn't been great, he still has been, you know, playing, having good finishes, uh, even at majors. Uh, so I, I think he's viable, but as of now, he's not in my group. Uh, and then you have Rory, who's been struggling. Uh, don't really know what's going on mentally with him. And then you have Scheffler, who just can't make a putt. Now, Scheffler, now, Scheffler can still win, even if he goes, loses maybe a stroke putting. Uh, that's how good the rest of his game is. So that one worries me. That fade worries me. But the question marks are still there. Can he make that clutch putt um, on the back nine on a Sunday with everything going on in his head, with him knowing how big of a struggle he's having on the greens, especially on shorter putts. Um, it's going to be tough for him, I think. But can he do it? Yes. The skill level's there, and it scares me to fade him. Yeah, the thing is, everything's priced so accordingly. Like, it's just perfect because, it's, you know, this is what we expect. It's obvious because it fits the betting market, so un understandable. But just saying, like you said, it like Rom doesn't matter the conditions, the course, and like he's good at all these places, so it doesn't matter. I'm also standing by the ROM factor, Kenny, because I mentioned this, you know, Pori McElroy, O'Roy McElroy, you know, is not going to get a chance to see the Masters before ROM has a chance to lock up his own career Grand Slam. He might just win this one and then win the Open, and sorry, Rory, it, it's all over. You don't get it. I mean, you'll get it eventually probably, but just in general, I could see no, that happening. And no, it would won't. start here, right? It would start here. And this is a perfect setup. It's ROM. Any course is a good setup for ROM, so it's hard to say it that way. But you get what I mean, where that's why I'm just never going away from it. been playing them all season. <laughs> we said it from the start of the season about that factor where, you know, coming in, the chip on his shoulder, all those things. Scotty's the same way. The ones I have more trouble with is like Kawa and Kepka. actually. I know you like Kepka, but just going down there, even with the recent stuff and he's back at majors and all that stuff, I, I do still have trouble with it. Again, the PGA Championship's on his trophy shelf say different and if he is healthy as he says he is too exactly yeah and, and you go back 
it makes sense. And the price is much cheaper. Uh, I like Xander, which we'll get there in a second for 200 bucks less. And maybe I'll get caught up and trapped on the Best Buy pricing being 9,900, just under 10K. But uh, he's a guy that's been knocking on the door. And we just had the conversation about that at Wells Fargo. And he almost won Wells Fargo. So it was like the same thing there. But um, Rom, Scheffler, and then probably deciding between Rory and Kawa as my third just picking guys up top because I think the winner is up here from, from Xander and up is where I see the winner. That's not a bold statement. It just fits what we talked about earlier saying like the favorites have been winning. This is a course. I think we see a favorite win on lots of good plays when we get down there. But the one worry with Rory is the stuff that we've seen in the past year. Like we know he's the member here while the 81 rounds at the, at Augusta national did not help him. The going back. I mean, this is different time period, different sample altogether, but just saying the go back to the open in his hometown, what was the you know, worst starting round in a major I think he ever had and goes from there. Like sometimes these things maybe are adding up and he already seems to be in a bit of a, a tough spot as far as things are concerned. He even mentioned sort of citing mental health, I guess you could put it for the skipping of the Wells Fargo or whatever it was the last event that he didn't go to and got the quote unquote fine. And really it was just money that he was left behind. He doesn't, it's money he didn't have yet, but still the one note on that, Kenny is everything I've said coming in about, Oh, Jason day got vertigo. He wins. Oh, Rom is going to be tired from the Masters and the fatigue and all that. Second at the Mexico Open. Jordan, man, this mental state that he's in, he said so much fatigue. Second at whatever it was, the Heritage almost won again for back-to-back. Like, every time it gets mentioned, they're right there in the mix. Even Hideki this past week, I don't know where he ended up finishing exactly. I don't think it was incredible, but uh, same thing with his neck injury. He still showed some stuff. He ended up being 23rd, but either way, point being, if Roy showed up and won this place, he's perfect for it. Andy was on last week, still loves him for this spot. So I kind of do like just the top three and then make my decisions in the nine K range and just skip Kawa and Kepka, regardless of what ownership comes in at. Cause they probably will be lower owned, but uh, definitely Raman Shepler for me up top. It's where I'm at right now. Now, let me say this for you. I know you make 150 lineups a week, so um, it's a lot easier for you to, to widen your player pool. Uh, and even if you're starting with the top three guys now for a guy who plays five GPPs, uh, you know, five lineups in a GPP, it's going to be difficult uh, because that this 9K range is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you start with those three guys, uh, you know, or up top and you're only playing a less amount of lineups than we do, I play 50 Tampa plays, I'm sure 150 or more. Um, you know, you, you have to sort of make your decision and stick with it on the top. If yeah, you I'll to talk choose, about it. Yeah, I'll talk about if it. If you have because... to choose one of those three, who are you going with? I'm sticking with Rom. Yeah. Like I, You're stick with Rom. You're going to stick with Rom. I was with him last year. It didn't work out. This year we said we're sticking with him because of the yeah. chip on the shoulder back, the kid being a little bit older, the nanny in place, just little jokes and things too that go with it. But like in general, just sticking with Rom. This is a guy that I literally truly believe, like I said, can wrap this career grand slam up and it, you know, could start this week. He gets this, it's one away. So, uh, you know, it's something I'm expecting how soon we'll see, but definitely something I foresee happening. I do want to, you know, talk about that though, because good strategy piece for the show. You just brought it up is twofold. One, I play more guys in what I call unique prices. And that's basically anyone this week from 8,100 and up the, the duplication doesn't start till Tom Kim and Tommy Fleetwood at 8k. So when you're comparing those two V2s, you can just flip-flop them all around, but you can still keep your pool 45-ish or tighter, but you have to then make your stands down low. And that's why I do it, because oftentimes you get into the situation, Kenny, where it's, okay, Rory and, let's say, Cam Young, or you can drop Rory, or sorry, go from Rory up to Scheffler and drop Cam Young down to Max Homa. 
Well, you probably like one of those better, but you're telling me those two on paper, you actually have an answer for that? You probably don't. But if you're taking your stands down low and just saying, I'm going to go in on this guy, even if this guy's only 6% in the 7K range and you go 20% of them, well, that's really where you took your stands, where everyone else acts like you have to take it at the top. You have to pick your stand on Rom or Scheffler. You don't have to. No, you can play them both. Lots of successful DFS players do that. And then one thing else I want to note too, Kenny, with that, we talk about this all the time with our Lister League winners and in general, you just talked about it. The 9K range, tell me your fades there. We'll go there in a second. Don't actually rhetorical, but to say like, that's where it gets tough. You're like, well, every single one of these guys, there's a case to be had. When you go with like the ROM and something else, you can you can actually end up going like ROM and three 8Ks or something. You end up skipping the range where everyone's having a tough time deciding. And the last piece to that, you know, which is that's a, a roster construction thing. The last piece of that is this is not really like a U.S. Open. We don't have a bunch of AMs and qualifiers and old guys and a bunch of mix down below. This is not the Masters where yeah, we have you got about 20, 20 PGA pros, PGA teaching pros of a full field, though. Yes, but True. what I'm saying is, True. when you go down, like there is a lot. There, there is guys playable from 6,500 to 7K. There's a bunch of guys that you could see being in the mix on this weekend, no problem whatsoever. It's not the same, so you can definitely get away with these top heavy lineups. So if you truly feel that Rom is going to get this thing done or Scotty or Rory, whoever you want, feel free to just use one guy in the 9K with them or a couple guys and drop down to that 6K, 7K low range because we have the guys that you can go to this week. Unlike some of those weeks where it's like, holy shit, there's nobody down here. That's when I lean to maybe more balanced construction than what I'm talking about right now. So I know you make 150 lineups. You're saying you roster about 45 golfers for your 150. I make 50 lineups. I roster about 30 golfers for my lineups. If you're a guy who makes five lineups, what would a nice number be for your pool? What do you think, Cameron? Some people have this better than me. I don't like to just put a number on it, but definitely way tighter. This (laughs) is all I can say. Like, than what you said, like, I think that's where you just take your stand because what ends up happening is you don't really want, okay, I got five lineups or, or sorry, four lineups, let's say in the $25 for my hundred bucks. I would commit to something because you're not, okay, I'm going to make four completely random lineups and hope one has a shot. But then if one has a shot, it's you against all the other ones up there. And you're just really playing into that. If you make four lineups, very similar and just couple swaps and your pool ends up getting through and they're all six to six and you've got outs to the top, you've got four lineups up there now that have a couple pieces variated where you're like, Oh, I might, if this one fails here, it could still go this way. I prefer on the smaller amount. The reason the larger player pool comes into play in these uh, bigger tournaments or these larger, you know, buy-ins, $25, um, 150 max in the $25 would be because you're looking at, I was thinking the $20 and say 3K, but you, you know, you're putting almost $3,000 in this case, more 3750 into it, where some people just don't want to, some people want to protect their bankroll more. Like you're not likely to get, to lose all your money. There is people that play an 18 man player pool on those lineups. And if they get 18 guys, six to six, think about all the outs they have to the top and with how top heavy it is, there is a case to be made for that. But obviously you just have to know the risk of ruin is higher because if, you, if it goes bad, you're dead. Like you're, you're likely getting you're potentially you're getting $0 back. If two of your top three owned guys don't get there because you're likely not cashing anything if that happens. So it really comes down to your preference, how you feel about it. I like to spread it out 45 to 55, somewhere in that range but take my stands down low and switch it up up top with some of these guys at these different unique prices. I figure if you're making like five lineups, you know, you don't mind losing the $25 or the hundred dollars that you're going to do. So I would make it as tight as possible. 10 to 12 golfers, maybe just shoot your shot and try to, you know, and commit 
and then try and win. Don't go too far because I mean, it's really you got to be perfect when that happens. You know what I'm saying? If you're it tight, should you be have, easy too, though, like you just said, like get the four guys that you like. You got to have some conviction. Once you get to those four guys, you could literally plant them on every lineup and say, this is the four I'm riding or dying with. Now I'm in a two V two off yeah. of all of those. And you switch it up that way. And you end up setting yourself up there. And that's 12 guys, right? If you go two, four, six, eight different guys four of the same on everything else, you got a 12 man pool. Go for, go from there. Yeah. That sounds okay. good. You got, the, right, winner? You got to- the winner, Kenny. Uh, no, I think it's still, for me, it's still going unless, okay, unless okay. Brandon Grace makes this. Keep it going. We'll, we'll watch no, it. Live. Grace didn't make it, so I don't see. I don't know where DJ is at though. Uh, DJ actually ended up making uh, a putt on his last uh, to tie, and he missed a three footer on seventeen. He should on his hole before seventeen is what I normally think, but of course, Liv is crazy. Uh, I don't know what hole it was on. Uh, he should have made that. He should have won this event. He's probably uh, he devastated. Over. He's probably uh, devastated. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, um, now. Let's move to this 9K range, and I know you love Xander. Xander's going to be my first game, first cash game cornerstone. Again, Xander's the type of guy with just a solid around-the-green game. I mean, solid all-around game. Above average and everything, great at a lot. I expect him, and I expect Cantlay to be the next batch that wins a major soon. Uh, those two guys are... The level of play that they have, the way they, the wins that they've had, um, I really do think that those two are the guys that are going to be um, winning a major very, very shortly. Uh, but I love Xander, first cash game cornerstone. You know his iron game, uh, strong, a really good long iron play, above average from the bunkers, about good around the greens, not short, avoids bogeys. Give me uh, Xander to go ahead and start. The uh, my, my cash game cornerstone. Second is going to be Tony Finau at ninety five hundred. Um, I've talked about Finau. I said Rom and Finau would win the first two majors of the year. Rom did his job. Uh, let's go Finau twenty eight to one. Bets already made. Uh, I think he can win this event. He is my pick to win. Um, he's coming off the Mexico Open. You can talk shit about that win, whatever. But he held off the number one player in the world going head-to-head in the final day. That's something. You know what I'm saying? That That's something right there. And he has all these victories. The game seems well-suited. This course seems well-suited for his type of game. Tony's one of my favorite golfers in the tournament uh, this week. 28-1, to 9,500. I'll be using more than the 20% that I normally use uh, for my cash game cornerstones with Finau. Now, other guys that I do like, um, I mean, we got to talk about Cam Smith. Uh, at that price, and it looks like he has a chance to win um, the live event right now. He has a putt for birdie uh, on the first playoff. Uh, the guys, we saw it with Kepka last time, right? Uh, we saw it with Kepka. Uh, I, I think Cam Smith skill level hasn't deteriorated that much since going to live. Uh, he said his game wasn't where he wanted to be. At the Masters, it looks like he put some work in. Um, I like Cam. I'm going to be using a lot of them. You can still get them at like 40 to 1 at some places. Go take a look at some books. Those those are some of my favorite plays uh, down here. He's probably one. Um, and then and then that's probably where I'll probably play Cantley as well. But those are going to be other guys. Spieth, I'm probably fading. Uh, just worried about the risk, but he can come and you know do whatever. Uh, actually, DJ just won. Sorry. DJ made the birdie putt. Cam had to make the tie, uh, and he did not make it. Um, 
Yep, it's over. So those are the guys that I like uh, this week in the nine K range. What, do you think you or anybody else would have liked Cam Smith if he wasn't at being talked about this week? What if he came 15th in this live event? Would anybody have went to him at 9,300 or even cared? Probably not. Yeah, interesting. So I take that away. Uh, you know, I think about things from that angle. The other thing, you, you mentioned the speed thing. He could be the guy, twofold. One about the wrist wrap. Oh, the wrist, the wrist. If he if he ends up going through it, I mean, he's already there. He's got a little wrist wrap on. I saw today. We'll, well see. Here, here, let me let, me let me stop you right here about speed. Yeah. I don't think he would have skipped his home event because I was on a show or before this podcast. It's the the BetQL BetQL show, betting show, and it's based out of Dallas. Uh, both the hosts are based out of Dallas, right. uh, and they were talking about how upset all the fans in the area were that he did not play this event. And Jordan doesn't seem to me as a type of player who would skip something of that importance to him and his community um, if it wasn't something really bothering him. Unless um, unless something more important was on the horizon, something me- super meaningful to his legacy I don't think career. so. I don't think – I think speaking Jordan's of, a good guy. of career grand slams. I know, I know. Yeah. But I think Jordan's such a good – good guy is what that, it is he's a great guy but it's not it. like he doesn't do that year round i don't think he'd skip this i don't think he'd skip this event if he was if he was just trying to get mentally ready and physically ready for the pga championship if he i think if he could play he would have played I, i'm just saying i really don't think he i, I mean i think he, he's the type he knows he's a great guy. Everyone knows he's a great guy. It's not a facade. There's no makeup story. The guy's legit one of the I best. I mean, if this was like some tournament in Bumfuck or anywhere, he wouldn't have played. That, that would make sense. Yeah. But this is his home. I'm event. just saying, if he tees it up this week and he's healthy, I'm in. He's literally squeezed in the best spot. He's between X, Cantley, Finau, JT. The guy has been playing incredible golf before this. I know the 23rd or whatever. Sorry, what was it? The, the miscut. But second, fourth, third, fourth, 19th. He was the guy that we were waiting for his win. We thought it was going to be You're this right. week. The wrist is an issue. I'm not denying it. Well, the problem not- with the wrist is, the, if you've seen the rough, pretty fucking tall, pretty okay. fucking gnarly. It's not these, ideal. The, these fairways are narrow. Jordan's not very accurate off the tee. Yeah, I mean, that we'll could find bother out. Him. Like I said, we'll get more news. This is Sunday night. We'll see. I just think if he tees it up, he knows what's in front of him. I don't think there's much of a point. We'll see. But again, we'll, we'll get more news on it. At least some of that, hopefully, we can take with at least some form of information and go from there and make a decision. But I, if, if not for the wrist, the, this would have been the perfect storm because even though career grand slam, even though recent results, the other stuff around, like people love X, look what he's been doing. People love Cantley, no matter what, especially sub 10 K Finau literally won Mexico. And you, like you said, you can make what you want of it about holding off Rom, but it's still something. And guess what? You can talk about Cam Young in this range too. But sometimes you got to pay your dues a little bit. Cam Young almost won. He was in the mix. Don't I, I keep saying this. We've had plenty of pods conversating about this. My point is, he was in the mix in majors last year. Maybe he could have won a major. But Finau's been needing to win a major too. And sometimes you pay your dues. And Finau paid a lot of dues and then started getting those wins. And now he's still been racking them up. This would be a spot for him to get the job done. This is a, a great course for him. A great setup. You talk about a guy, sneaky good, in the, from the bunkers and around the green and all that stuff too. Just not, people don't talk about it a ton, but... He just has feels like he has every shot, and that's just what he does. So he'll be popular, but that's why I said the speed squeeze would have been just so perfect and still might be. So we'll see where I'm at come Wednesday with that stuff. JT, two-time PGA champion. Uh, there's been, I think after people talked to like Andy and some guys, I think with Bamford and them talk about the winged foot, 
and you mentioned it too, just about that kind of setup, but somebody on Twitter hit them up after and was like, what about Southern Hills kind of as like a sneaky setup comparison? He was a kind of like, you know, you could aim that in there too. And you think back to that and obviously JT coming back and got the job done there. So for me, X for sure. I like the speed squeeze spot, Finau, JT, and then my guy at the bottom, Sungjae, just got the win, by the way, in yep. Korea. So another guy that we would talking about. I'll be playing him. 6th, 17th, 21st, 16th, 7th, 8th, 8th. The guy's in the mix every week. 9K, maybe the fact that he's not 8,900 or the fact that Jason Day just won. DJ just won. The two winners, J Day and DJ, right underneath them. 100 bucks, 8,900, 8,800. Who do you think's the bigger trap? Jason Day or Dustin Johnson? Jason Day. Okay. <laughs> it's over. I'm going with Day. I, I, because just because, I, I, I don't know, I'm just a big DJ fanboy so that just could be a biased thing for me you know i'm not the biggest jason day fan even though his victory was wonderful uh today uh he's not my favorite golfer out there dj is one of my favorite golfers uh so it could just be a biased thing for me by the way too back to cam young because i'll round the range out with that uh all the talk there's no way ricky this that and the other ricky's price is horrible ricky dusted him uh last time out at 100 bucks more right it was 8800 versus 8700 ricky another Top 20, I think, what was it, 13th place or something like that that Ricky got. And, uh, yeah, Cam Young way down the leaderboard. So, it doesn't, he's not better than him or anything. I'm just saying, like, that was – it's about DFS. Be, oh, that could never happen. There's no way I could play that guy. I don't care if he's one-fourth the ownership or whatever. It's like it just – it's golf. The guy's playing good. It can happen. I don't know about this full setup for Ricky, but, man, Ricky's been playing very good overall. He's got an all-around game. We know what it's like. So, I mean, anything – Happen I'm playing him. Ricky. Right, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to we'll him so way no. later. That's my I'm point. Definitely play, I'm definitely playing. I'm definitely playing Ricky. Cam uh, Young. Now, I bet him when he was 40 for a good reason. He's to 25 now. I like that number. But it's, God, it's, his short game's so bad now, and it's, it's putting so to. bad. Like I saw like some glimpses of like right. of like good short game play, especially at the um, the uh, match play event. He made some hell of, hell of, hell of great chips uh, down there in that event when he made it to the final four. Um, now. The worry I have is, you know, when golfers play it, you know, he's going to have to get tickets for everybody. He's going to have to, he's going to have a lot more on his mind than golf when it comes to, to a little worried about that just because he doesn't have the experience uh, that most of the other guys have on tour could be overwhelming. We'll see, uh, you know, the guy plays the course and we saw Marty do go out there and play extremely well in the course he plays um, you know, on a weekly basis. Uh, and it could happen with Cam, but I, I'm not, I, I don't think I could pull the trigger uh, on that except, you know, everything outside of his short game really does, you know, look like it suits the course. Uh, JT scary fading. Uh, because again, he's another guy who's, you know, the bunkers you hear are tough. He's a good sand player, best around the green, hits it long. His 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 Achilles heel outside of putting is going to be long iron play. Uh, you know, from 200 plus out, he's what ranked 93rd in this field in proximity from 200 plus in the last 50 rounds. He is the worst golfer. Uh, you know. In, in in the whole 9 to 10K range, um, you know, uh, from 200 plus, you're going to be hitting a, but there's two par fours or two par threes that are going to be uh, that long. The par fives, you're going to have some shots where, you know, the 505 yard par par fours, there's, there's over two, there's two par fours over 500 yards. You're going to be after using that. Now, can he make up for that with his short game? With, with yes. Uh, with his around the green game, yes. Uh, so worried about that fade too. He might actually end up on 
in my player pool. But right now, I'm trying to keep it a little bit tight. We'll see how many uh, golfers I have uh, in my roster pool, and I'll adjust accordingly. Uh, let's move on to this 8K range. Tambo, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I got a little conviction here for sure. There's three guys, at least, that uh, I'm interested in early on. Max Homa, got to show up one of these days, man. Again, if it's going to be a spot, I just will say it. It's like the it's like Finau light. He's cheaper than Finau. He's got wins under his belt. I know it's major after major. We say this and we wait for it. Is the guy just going to continuously play bad in majors? I don't, maybe, but at 8,700, it's literally just over the average price. So I'm okay with them. The guy, I mean, and one thing, one thing I want to say about Homo, don't you think that this is probably the easiest major? Not maybe outside of the open championship now, because a lot of those courses are just so short and they have no land and it just, you know, people can punish those courses, but like, he probably gives him a better chance, right? I, I think I mean, so. Uh, not what just do you that, think? The the, uh, the conversation all all year. I mean, everyone's been talking about. It. I know uh, Joe Torpix and Mayo had the conversation early on this season about Max Homa versus JT. I, I really feel like his like trajectory right now is like JT. Like just finally, okay, we knew he was good. All right, but how good? Oh, now he's picking up wins. Okay, now he's picking up wins. Now he's gonna win a major. If he's gonna win a major, like that's where JT got the PGA championship under his belt. Now he has two, but the point would being like, like you said, I would see that as the spot. So a guy like Max Homa there would make sense to me. Uh, the other two guys for me, there really there's three, one guy down at the bottom, Tommy Fleetwood, I'll save him for you, but Hatton and Fitzpatrick, again, even if they pick up the steam, I kind of like these guys just coming in the way they're playing the, the ability, the upside Fitzpatrick longer. Now we've talked about this in the past, all the, fa- all these factors combined and the stuff with Fitzpatrick, like, yeah, 35th recently, but the win, that he just got a couple of two or three events ago now, like all these other things, stats wise, I'm okay with it. So I like Hatton, Homa, Fitzpatrick, and probably Fleetwood down at the bottom. Early first look here, uh, Jason Day over DJ. If uh, if picking there, I just think is interesting because uh, you know you like DJ, but it's hard not to like DJ. I love DJ's game. 8800 seems way too cheap for a guy that just can show up anywhere, and this is a great spot for him. So kind of a toss up between those two. The other four, I feel solid about. Who else do you like here in this range? I mean, there probably is merit to fading these live guys if they're, like, going to be 20% owned. You know what I'm saying? Possibly. There could be merit. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to play DJ. I don't know what he'll get to. 15 would seem more like, like 12. I think so, too. But he did, did like just win this event. Want to. Yeah. Did, what was Kepka's ownership at the Masters after he came, after he won uh, before? Do you remember? I, I forget. I thought 15, yeah. though. I thought yeah, I, I think it was around there, too. So, I mean, that, that's not too bad, and I think I can jump on that. Uh, you make me think about Homo a little bit there because at some point in time, he's got to do well, right? Uh, and no one's going to play him. Uh, you know, my, I would think. I don't know. I don't, I'm not an ownership guru. What do you think his ownership's going to be? That's I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to – I was just going to try and go back and look up the Masters ownership real quick. No, uh, well, I'm talking about Homo. No, I know you are. I, I mean, oh, I, don't no, no, think, no. I don't think as many people will – as for, for what I'm looking at right now, like it just doesn't look like it when you got to think. Sungjae, the 9K range in general, Sungjae would get love, J-Day, DJ for sure. And then I think the Hatton Fitzpatrick's come in higher. So to me, Homa just has to get squeezed to something where it's like you're, if you're on him, you're on him. So uh, I'm fine with Homa there. You like him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, other guys I do like um, in this range, um, let me get to where I was. I like Shane Lowry. I think he's going to be single-digit owned. Plays well on tough courses. No one's going to play him. I think he's a good GPP leverage play uh, this week. Uh, when it, when you look at, at how he's been playing, I mean, it hasn't been great, but his irons are still good. He's still well above average around the green, um, I, 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 and he plays well at difficult courses. 
Uh, now, I think he could be a flyer for me, uh, maybe get 20%, possibly be two and a half times the ownership, I'm hoping, uh, you know, uh, uh, what the what the public has him as. So uh, that's one guy uh, that I'll be looking at. I like your hat and I like your Fitzy calls. I think Fitz is really mispriced. Uh, I think he's not really getting the respect he deserves uh, from what he's done since he's won the U.S. Open. The guy um, has been playing well, even with the injury factor. He came back one, uh, what, a month ago uh, or something like that. The guy's is a major champion at a tough course. Uh, I think you should not overlook Fitz. I think the biggest thing uh, about him is his increase in distance. He's one of the longer hitters on tour now, really. Uh, top half, uh, maybe even top quarter uh, on tour. The guy can hit it a long ways around the green. He's there. He has the experience. He has that winning mentality uh, at a major. I, I, I don't know what his ownership is going to be, but I think it's going to be too less. Uh, too little from what he deserves, even at that price. My third cash game cornerstone going down below is going to be Fleetwood. Now, I don't think Fleetwood can win. Uh, I don't think he can win. He did come off his best PGA Tour, PGA Championship finish last year when he finished fifth. Um, I wouldn't bet him. But when it comes to cash, uh, with the way the prices are structured, I want to go as balanced as possible. And I'm looking for cut makers Basically, after the first two guys, uh, cut makers with top top 10, top 20 upside. Because what, like I said in, in the uh, intro, in my course preview, that what you see in, in a lot of these events is uh, a lot more higher percentage of 66 in majors, uh, especially outside of the U.S. Open, because the U.S. Open can just cause carnage and havoc and mayhem uh, to every single golfer uh, in the field. The course isn't going to be set up like that. Uh, this week. Uh, so I think Tommy's fine uh, to, to make the cut. I, I think you'll need six of six to really uh, to have a chance of win. That's what I've noticed here, especially in these uh, designated events. I like, I've been struggling in cash uh, here recently. And the thing is like the results that I've had this year probably would have won me 60%, 70% last year before the designated events. Um, because of what's what's been happening is you, you get five of sixes, and in the past, five of six, you'd win 60% of the time as long as you had someone up there on the top of the, near the top of the leaderboard. Now, I mean, the thing is, I've been struggling, I've been losing, but it's all been five and sixes, with sometimes with multiple top 10 finishes. Like, it's been getting a lot, lot harder uh, to, to win in cash. So uh, in these big time detonated type events, I feel like you need to go more balanced. You need to try and strive to find that six of six combo. I know it's easier said than done, of course. Uh, but that's the way I'm going men mentally when it comes to cash games, uh, especially in designated events and especially uh, at majors. Now, these regular events like we saw this week, uh, I'll go more top-heavy and try and find someone a little sleeper because you're going to have those those guys up top that are just leaps and bounds better than the rest of the field. You don't have that at these events. You don't have that at designated events. Um, so that's why I'm going definitely more uh, balanced approach when it comes to cash, I'll take Finau. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll take uh, Fleetwood. Give me him as my third cash game cornerstone. Yeah, it's going to look so good, too. The balance lineups always look good at these events because they're just look at all the options. We talked about up the middle. The, the missed prices were saying the guys just seem way too cheap. So everything you said makes perfect sense. I could not find the ownership on Brooks. I looked everywhere for it, so I didn't see what it went to. But obviously the factor of now, Kenny, is I was just seeing the Justin Ray tweet 
Don't forget, people already say you're not going to get me. Jay Ray is, you know, Brooks won the live event, then came T2. DJ wins the live event. Then they got the interview posted with him where he's all fired up saying he's found his game. He's dialed. He's ready to go for the PGA Championship. Can't wait. I mean, this guy is definitely going to get the ownership mix here. So yeah, he, might, he, might, he might be over 20. If he goes over 20, I might adjust. It's I might 15, not, though, because I fucking, early, I fucking love that dude. I it's love early, that dude. but I'm it feels like 15 plus. Let's move yeah. on. Let's go to the I'm seven play range. What, I'm what are you play him. What are you doing in the seven game range up top? Okay, I'll just go with my last cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Justin Rose. Um, you know, the guy is playing really consistent golf. Uh, I don't, I, I, he hasn't missed a cut at the PGA Championship in over a decade. Um, uh, you know, the game is there. Of course, he's going to be trying making that Ryder Cup team a top finish here. He, he's probably going to be on no matter what, but a top finish here will solidify it. It'll be a no brainer. Um, give me Justin Rose. Uh, irons above average. You know, he has that good putter, really, really good from the bunkers. Uh, that's going to be a huge thing this week because guys are going to be hitting it into the sand. There's a lot of bunkers here. Uh, he does well uh, out of the beach. So my cash game cornerstones uh, this week, they are going to be Xander Schauffele at 9,900, Tony Finau at 9,500, um, uh, Fleetwood at 8,000, and Mr. Justin Rose at 7,700. It leaves you well more than 1,500 uh, to finish out the rest of your lineups, or right at 1,500, right around there, maybe 149 uh, to finish out the rest of your lineups. Another guy I do like, Wyndham Clark. Now, speaking of Justin Ray, uh, let me let me read you some of um, some of his you should, comments. You should, you should give the fifth man. It has to be Clark and Cash. It is. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Clark is the fifth man in class. There's no doubt about that. Uh, now, since last year's Zozo Championship, Wyndham Clark is averaging more strokes gained total per round than Victor Hovland. More strokes gained approach per round than Corey Connors. We think of Corey as one of the best iron players in the world, right? He's averaging, he's been better than Corey. A more strokes gained T to green than Justin Thomas. Now, this isn't from like the last two months. This is from like October. Like like eight months of this type of play. Uh, really incredible stuff. He had his win at the Wells Fargo. You look at him at these big boy events. Let me uh, bring up his um, I got it his here. finishes. It. You got it. Go ahead and bring it up. I mean, if you look at Wyndham Clark and, and the big boy events he's played, he won the Wells Fargo, a designated event. He, uh, he was uh, uh, fifth at uh, – well, hold on. Keep going. 27th of the players – uh, you know, he, he did all right there. Tenth at Phoenix. You know, uh, he, he's not scared of these type of events when playing against the big boys. Uh, give me Wyndham Clark. I do like him a lot. And then there was even something else that Justin Ray posted about him. Total strokes gained at designated events this year. Rom, 10.8. Scotty, 17.9. Um, um, Rom, 16.7. That was at Riv. Uh, Rom, the first Rom was at Century. Scotty was at Waste Management. Kitayama, 11.4 at API. Scotty, 17.3 at the Players. Fitz, 13.7 at the RBC. Wyndham Clark, 19.6 at Wells Fargo. The most strokes gained uh, total in a designated event this season. Pretty impressive stuff by Wyndham Clark. Um, other guys I do like, we just did talk about them. I like Coy Connors. Uh, up top, the iron play. He plays well at big boy events, longer courses, even though he's not that long. He still does well on him just because of how good he is with the longer irons. I do like Corey. Who do you like in this top range? 
Yeah, the uh, the guy you just mentioned, Corey Connor, is definitely on my list. I was like Neiman. He's one live guy I would bring across. He's another guy that, again, probably most wouldn't have talked about him. And ninth over there, I don't really care about that result. I'm not bringing him over because of that. I like him in these events. I think, again, he was one of the more talented players that went over. I know that Gooch has been getting the W's and stuff lately, but I like Neiman's game. So uh, Taylor Moore, maybe better golfer than we're giving people, you know, giving credit for. Obviously getting that win at the Valspar, but guys like Wyndham Clark and him, you know, this is very similar Wyndham Clark in the sense that obviously playing much better overall. You just talking about not to mention Wyndham Clark's 15 out of 15 made cuts, including all the big boy events in there where even when it was like bad weeks, they were 28s and 31st and stuff at 7,500. I'll wait for Wednesday and see. Sometimes in majors, though, you definitely see people go like 50 or 60% on a guy like Clark and just say, I'm taking the made cut. I'm taking whatever you can give me. By the way, you mentioned all those great stats. Not saying it's a scoring fest this week, but there still will be DraftKings points scored. Any of the stats out there that do recognize DraftKings points, recognize he's in like the top 10 for that as well. So even if he comes in and makes a 30, gets a 33rd place, he may have scored in the top 20 and at 7,500, that'll do a lot of good for you. So I think that'll be a decision for the week for a lot of people. We mentioned Ricky Fowler. Everyone made fun of him at 8,800. Again, big boy event, dusted Cam Young. It was just a bad week for Cam Young, so be it. But now Cam Young's still 9,200, actually went up in price. And even in the stronger field here, Ricky Fowler drops down to 7,600. It's a five straight top 17s in the mix. So, I mean, again, whatever you think, but go back to him if you want, 7,600. Keegan Bradley, I know Mayo loves this guy this week. Our guy Paul Shag is on him. So uh, we'll, we'll talk on Wednesday about Keegan Bradley, but he's also... Pretty interesting up top. And then I like your Rose call. That's sort of the guys for me above 7,500 at early look, first look. All right. In the lower 7K range, let's talk about Bryson. Um, you know, if there's similarities to this course like Wingfoot, I, of course it's not going to probably play as hard as the PJ Championship. Uh, do you think it's worth giving him uh, a play, especially when you look around at the golfers in the price range of him? I do like Denny. Um, he could be the sixth guy. In my cash lineup, uh, uh, Denny could be uh, just a hint on that. Uh, but he's around Denny Detry. Detry played in his home event this year, um, was in the league going into the final round or one back and just blew up against some far sub, you know, he was way superior than talent-wise and all these other golfers. Uh, but he's sort of been having a letdown in the last few months. I don't know if whether, whether it's injury-related or what, but Bryson's around Denny, uh, answer, uh, Thomas Detry, uh, Cameron Davis, Paul Casey, Grio, Henley, Todd. I mean, do you do you put any of those players ahead of him? It's interesting. Uh, just a quick note, though, Dietrich almost uh, – he was in the mix this week to win overseas in, in the event. Oh, that's what I was talking about. He yeah, was at his so, home event. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was but, still but, but, there. But, but, but like, he was out of it. So I think he's – No, no, but he was, like, he was like one back going into the final round and he shit the fucking bed with players that aren't even close to the talent level that he is. Yeah, you're t- this is a boom-bust range. Like, again, I, this I'm, I'm classifying the lower-end range, so I will lump them in and talk about your Bryson pick, but I'm just saying in general, down here, Kitayama, Keith Mitchell, Riley, Bryson, Paul Casey, Grillo, all those guys, I feel like you're just taking shots. Taylor Montgomery, there, there's lots of guys you can make a case for. And, this it's is the not, hardest. and the thing is, that's why, I, that's why I stayed away from this range in cash. It's hard to pick because, in this range. Like, Woodland yeah. at the bottom, Mito at the bottom. I, like, there's guys I have interest in, but, man, this range is much tougher than what you, if you can just stay above 7,500, that's why maybe to your balance point, people feel more comfortable. What my point was earlier, Kenny, this actually ties it down perfectly in my eyes is that there's great plays in here. Probably just no one knows who they are. So that's what I said. If you can pick some guys in here that you take stands on and they're 
three to five percent owned and you've got 10 to 12 now if you get the combinations up top right with them or at least have a, a majority share of these guys down here when others aren't even picking these guys that's where you end up finding your way to the top of these leaderboards in these large field high you know uh, top heavy tournaments i should say so uh bryson definitely interesting you know he's boom bust it's no different than if you were playing burns the gala tom kim up above it's no different than you're playing Kitayama, keith mitchell davis riley down below Put, put Bryson in the mix of those types of guys. You just have to be careful because, again, they're they're boom bust for a reason. If they bust, you bust, but you take those chances. I think when it comes to Bryson, for me, it's going to depend on ownership. Uh, he played really well uh, this week at the Live event. Uh, the last couple of events, he's been sort of getting better. Uh, you know, he finished 19th the, the last time out, which is basically like making the cut on the number yeah. on a PGA Tour event for Liv. But this week he was inside the top 10, shot that 63 uh, in the first round, had a decent final round uh, to move up the leaderboard a little bit. Uh, glimpses are there. He says he's feeling better. His body is trimmed down, no health issues, still bombing it out there. I, I think it depends on ownership. If it goes up above single digits, I probably won't do it. I couldn't. Uh, see you know, it. I can't yeah. see it as unless this winged foot thing gets blown out of proportion yeah. where everyone's in on that. Then maybe, but man, I, there's just yeah. too many options. Like if, if he's seven percent, so if he's seven percent, and I can get him, I can do twenty and be two and a half times, almost three times the field average. I will take that for a boom bust play, and it won't destroy my GBB lineups. You know I think what I'm you'll saying? Know, you'll know on Wednesday. You'll be able to yeah. get an idea. Yeah, and, and my favorite play is going to be Denny. Uh, in this range, uh, he had his best uh, major finish. He, he hasn't played too many majors, but last year at the U.S. Open was the last major he played. I think he had a top 10, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He played really, really well. And this season at big boy events, eighth at the Wells Fargo, 25th at the RBC Heritage, 13th at the Players, 14th at the Genesis. You know what I'm saying? The guy's been playing well at difficult courses with, with strong fields. You know his putter can get strong. His iron game has gradually been improving. Um, I really like him. Makes a shit ton of cuts. Good for the last guy in your cash lineup, I think. Hint, hint. Like I said, I, probably, I gave away my cash lineup. You know what it is. On a Sunday already. And that's how I'm going to roll. $7,400 lowest going. No one lower than that because I don't trust anybody else under that number at this event. Other guys that I might take a look at here, um, this this is a very tough range. Harris English, I know he's short, but he seems to play well at longer courses. We've seen flashes of him coming back uh, here in the last couple of months. Um, I can get on board with that at 7,200. Uh, Siwoo, 7,100 after a great week this week. Uh, the thing about Siwoo, long iron play, pretty damn good. 175 to 200. He's first in this field. Excellent from the bunker. One of the best bunker players on tour uh, here. Coming off uh, a really good finish. I like Siwoo uh, down here uh, at around 7,100. Who do you like in this range? I like some of those guys. I like Siwoo, who you mentioned again. The boom, but he's, he goes into the boom bust pile too. But I don't mind taking some shots on those guys like him, Keith Mitchell, Davis Riley, and Kitayama. That little range right there, those four guys. I'll make some decisions closer Wednesday, but I think that's sort of where I'm looking if I'm going down here. I do like that $7,100 price point. I like the guy up, up top you mentioned, like uh, Denny. Uh, Paul Casey would be a live guy I would take a shot on. So would Mito. Uh, Mito's there. So so is Gary Woodland, by the way. People are going to talk about Gary Woodland quite a bit. I bet him at the 100 I mentioned. Uh, Mito's the guy that's actually been playing really well, not just on the live events that he was playing in, a bunch of them, but also 
uh, in some of the other events that he was playing in, in the, like uh, two or three months ago that I went back and looked at. So I, I just think he's been steady, consistent. We know about his PGA Championship history and uh, the 72nd hole at Southern Hills, so to speak. So go to go there. So I just think from that angle. And then I'm not sure yet in this other range, Kenny, but like Victor Perez, Taylor Montgomery, Hoygaard, those guys, Minwoo Lee. Like I think some, I think those are the guys that you're going to need to take your stands on and just find out if, if you get it right, you're in, in a great spot because they just can't be getting the ownership there versus some of those shorter guys that you mentioned. So I think that, you know, there's not going to be a lot of ownership in this range either way, but those would be the ones that stand out for me early, probably more decisions by Wednesday, but Seamus power a uh, good week this week. I'm not sure if you think that will continue, but he's at seven K also. So right there at the bottom, he could be a pretty interesting option. Yeah, I, I faded him this week, and he, uh, it was my fade of the week over at Gup's Corner, and he went and shot, I think, 63 on, on Sunday. I thought I was like, hey, great, not even going to make the top 20. Snuck in uh, at 19, but still probably wasn't worth the price point uh, when he was like $9,000 on DK. Um, yeah, this range is tough. I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of the guys here. Uh, I, I think Woodland's going to be there, but I think Woodland's going to be super popular like, yeah. like uh, at that price because you, there's not that many options uh, that people are going to look at uh, in this range. So, you know, you got to be careful with, with Gary. I sort of like Gary better at shorter courses, even though he can't pound it out there. Um, let's move on to the 6K range. Tampa, why don't you go ahead? Because yeah, it's just it's a little bit of a struggle outside of the obvious guys. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely taking shots down here. Like I say earlier, what I talk about all the time is for some people struggle with roster construction and things like that. If you're pounding in all these risky plays up top, if you've got a Bryson lineup with Sam Burns, with all them, again, can that get up there? Of course, these are good names, good golfers. You're already unique, but then that makes it a little tougher when you get down here. I like to have a little bit more safety up top and then take some shots down here because could Aaron Wise show up at $6,900? Yes, I think he could. Uh, Could Bobby Mack? show up at $6,900. I think he could. You got the approach game with a guy like Tom Hoagie. Usually people like playing him. I just don't see it as much here. Mackenzie Hughes, another option. We You talked about him, I think, uh, or maybe it was Andy. Last week, actually, it was on this show, talking about him for uh, tougher courses, things like that. You talked about him in the past there for that reason as well, and then comes out and has a pretty good week this week. The, uh, the Triple P, Paul, Pendrith, Peters, all right there. I think those are three guys that you could take shots on. And then it goes down to other guys that are interesting to me, like Patrick Rogers, Scott Stallings, HV3, coming off that great final round. I mean, even before that, at least had a little bit of interest at 6,600. It's not too much. Hayden Buckley at 6,600. So not a, a million guys down here, Kenny, but there is, you know, ten, uh, Trey Mullinax, maybe his time's up. But still, there is at least 10 to 12 guys I, I could start my pool with and then break it down from there. One guy we missed. I want to go back and get your thoughts real quick. And you can, because it sounds like you don't have a lot in the 6K range. Patrick Reed, 7,600. You forever have talked about this guy at longer courses, tougher courses, majors, all these things. I don't see how he gets much ownership either at 7,600. I'm I'm definitely in on Reed. Definitely in on Reed. Uh, He he never garners ownership, uh, even at this price. Uh, He had a good Masters. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I have no problem. And I'll be playing. Uh, Patrick Reed this week. I mean, when it comes to 6K range, the sneaky play that people I don't think are going to be looking at, you know, I think Hoagie's going to be the most popular play uh, in this range. And it's a little bit different at majors where if you get like 10% 6K at other events, I'm like, no, done, nothing. I'm not going to play him. Hoagie, I think he has a skill level to do well uh, at this event. And he's another guy who's been playing well at big boy events uh, here recently. And this price uh, yeah, it's hard to overlook him, uh, you know, down here, especially if you want to play like Rom 
and so and another 9k guy you're gonna have to go down fishing into the 6k range and i think he makes a good option even though the ownership is going to be high um i think adam hadwin is sneaky um he hasn't been playing great uh but he showed some flashes this past week um and he definitely tends to play well at tougher courses um so i, I like adam as, as someone who's going to be less than five percent owned maybe um to 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 have a, a chance to to throw out a top twenty five at this event, which is not going to be horrible for your lineups. Uh, looking at um, you know at a sixteen hundred dollar guy. Um, other guys down here, I think Patrick Rogers is interesting. Uh, Matt Kuchar, another guy who's short, uh, but he knows how to play these longer type courses around the. It's because of his around the green skill. One of the best from the bunkers. One of the best around the green on tour. I hate his cheap ass, but. I mean, I'll still roster him uh, this week down here. And then, like, another guy I'll look at is uh, uh, H33, who finished top five uh, this week uh, in the live event. You know his iron play is strong. Uh, when he was on tour, his is uh, around the green, very, very strong. Uh, sand saves, very good. Excellent with his long irons. I mean, every you know, if he played on the PGA Tour, first off, I don't think he'd be this cheap. Uh, because he, he would have some good finishes uh, down here. But at 6,500, you could do a lot worse than HV3. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, one other guy I wanted to mention was uh, Alex Smalley. I think Mayo already talked him up a little bit, but the, the hometown kid, solid at Wells Fargo, 6,300 bucks. You want to go down there, at least somewhat interesting. So again, I the, all I was trying to make the point on, and I don't know exactly where I'll go yet with my final pool, but just some of these guys to bring up, Kenny, is that there is... Lots of playable options. You just know the risk that you're associating with it. But at the same time, you, like you said, these guys make the cut. Your other five are super strong. You could have yourself uh, in a pretty good position come Sunday on the leaderboards over on DraftKings or wherever you play your daily fantasy contest. So I think this is a, a good spot, man. It's going to be a good good event. I'm excited for this one and get to bets. It's tough. Well, one thing I'll say, it's tough to go below 6,500 this week. Uh, first off, there's like 20 of the PGA professionals uh, that are playing. Uh, and that's the majority of this downrange. So it sort of makes it difficult to do like a wrong. This is, what, this is what I say I, every week, though. I, I disagree. It's like, that's what I, oh, okay, it's tough. But well, I mean, but I, like, I, when the majority are PGA professionals. No, but there's, but this is my point. Everyone dis- disregards. There's 50 guys from 6,500 yeah. to 6,900. There's 50 guys in the pool. There is guys that are going to come through from there. So it's like I said, it's not really that hard. It's not well, like. That's what I, that's what I was, that was sort of my point. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I, I'm just like, saying say, you're like, not you gonna, you're not gonna see too it. many. You're not gonna see too many uh, Rom and another 10k guy lineups because this range is so not what we're used to, um, and it's even worse because of the PGA professionals uh, that are playing. But if you can find that hidden gem um, in this 6400, in this 6500 down below range. And you can get comfortably yeah. a Kepka, um, uh, a Kepka uh, uh, Rom lineup, uh, even a Rom Scotty lineup. You, not many people are going to go that route. No, I don't think this tough. week. Well, so it, it's very hard. Uh, yeah. But not many people are going to go that route. You're going to be unique doing that this week. Now, do any of us have the balls to go out and be so uh, you know uh, on a guy in this range? No. You're going to have to get lucky, but luck is part of the game. Um, if you can find someone down here under $6,500 that you love and you can go stars and scrubs, uh, you're going to be unique. That's for damn sure. 
Yeah, I just want people to be like, again, for setting, I think a lot of people like set rules, for example, like I can only play one 6K guy. It's more my point of like, okay, you want to play Rom and Xander. So everyone that does that then hops down and gets real safe because there's all these great options in the 7K range. But would you be surprised if going to the bottom of that range, if, you know, Gary Woodland ended up missing the cut and somebody else more popular like Wyndham Clark, like those two could fail to... Adam Hadwin and Kucher or something. It just can happen. Like you mentioned, two guys that could just find their way, shorties, find their way around the course. And that's the difference of getting that extra 9K guy in when most Rams, Rob Zanders, Randers, they just skip down and all of a sudden go over all these guys. If you can get a Rom Zander and then plug in a Sungjae or a JT or a Finau and get comfortable with the guy down Uh, low. If you do that, you got to have three guys in the 6K range and probably. But that's where I'm saying people get caught up in the 6K range, quote unquote. But it's like, who gives a shit? Like Brian Harmon could be 7K and not 6,800. Pendrith could be 7K and not 6,800. Peters, same thing. Rogers, Stallings, all these guys, they're the same dude. So don't get caught up in their price as much as, you know, how your lineup construction looks as a whole. So I I like that strategy quite a bit this week. But we we can move on. We can go to bets, then get out of here. I only got three. So I got, uh, I mentioned off the top, but I've got all futures all top five places cam young 40 woodland 100 that one's worse now you can find better numbers cam young's a good number and a really good number tom kim 100 i think he's down to 40 50 in most places he found a little bit of something this week 34th or whatever but nothing too special but at 100 with five places i'll take it what do you got for bets i got three bets i got xander at 22 to one um i got kepka at 22 to one and i got fina at 28 to one I like all those guys. That, that that's gonna be, and I got Kepka as my one and done. Okay, the only one. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say that. I like the. I love Brahman. I love Xander and Finau. I'm not as high on Kepka, but I understand why you are, and it's for good reason. So I, I don't hate it that you have it, and I like that for that for one and done. I have JT in one available, so I'm using him, and I have Scotty in the other. So it's going with Scotty, man. Like I said, just, I think it was B minus game. We just saw. We'll see what he does in this field. It gets stronger, but I think it's a really good setup for him. Really good spot. Feeling good coming off a week at home in Texas. Gets to come out here and play this major now. It's not too far of a travel setup for him or anything like that. So I think he'll be all right. I like Scotty and JT for one and done. All right. Before we do the outro, uh, we do want to say uh, this is the major. Uh, these are these are the four four weeks a year where we can really grow our podcast. Uh, so we're asking for reviews on iTunes, five stars on Spotify, whatever uh, comments on YouTube, whatever you can do to help us uh, algorithm in and get us out to more uh, new fans. It would be really helpful. And I think Tamble, you have some 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 prizes for that, right? Yeah. Just going to be U.S. Open giveaways. We talked about uh, this pod, obviously, over the last few weeks. You guys have done comments for us on YouTube. We appreciate that. Giving away between that and the tidbits, retweets, and stuff. Giving away $300, three, three people, 100 bucks to be on my Twitter, at Totec and Tambo. Tomorrow for you guys, we'll do some U.S. Open giveaways for this. But like Kenny said, it's, we ask, you know, we barely ever ask, especially for the reviews and stuff like that. It's, you know, four times a year, the majors. It was record setting at the, at the Masters. We had the most eyes in the industry across all space watching this for golf reasonings, things like that. So if you guys do like it, you're still listening. You probably like it. We appreciate you. The support is always great. Just as easy as it is to hit a like button on Twitter, it is to hit a retweet or a quote tweet. And that just gets it out to more people. The more we can get that, the comments on YouTube to build it up. And for people that are searching for a free show, they can then come find us. That's just the algorithm stuff, just being transparent with you. We do appreciate it. It helps us out a ton, trying to grow this as much as possible. So if you guys can do that, it's completely free. We don't ask for much. That's going to be where I leave it with you, Kenny. But I do think 
the reviews are what we're looking for this time, right? The biggest thing. Yeah, reviews on iTunes and then the comments on YouTube. Those are going to be the biggest things that will help us out. It'll expand our reach. And of course, that's what we want. We want more people to hear my crazy stories and Tambo's, you know, genius level GPP plays. <laughs> so, so that's what we're looking for. If you can help us out, we'd really appreciate it. All right. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article every week on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save 30% on a membership. Come join the fam. Tambo. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Mega tidbits coming out on Wednesday this week. Obviously, it's a big major week, so that'll be awesome. There's a lot there. Again, if you can share that one around, just as easy. Retweet. We'll do some giveaway stuff with it. I'm sure Mayo will get me to throw in some more money into the mix on the Wednesday show. So hit the retweet button on that. Get it out to anybody. Tag people you know, whatever, just so they can see it. It's a great source of information, and it features a lot of great people from around the industry that we do collaborations with, things like that, that just do incredible content. There's so much of it out there. It's a way that I can just curate it down and try and get it there for you. And then, Kenny, I know nobody likes an announcement about an announcement, so I'm definitely not going to announce that there's an announcement coming tomorrow on my Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. You know, something you want to keep an eye on for sure, but um, time to get back to work, Kenny. It's time to get back to it. Hey, you know, work's overrated, brother, really, really. When it it's comes not down work to... when you're having fun doing it. <laughs> That's you true. Know what I love. Also, also uh, for me, Wednesday, I'll be on Gup's Corner for final thoughts as well. I do that for every majors, all the designated events. Me and Gup, we do the same thing that Tambo and Mayo do, except ours isn't free. Sorry about that. All right. It's going to be a fun week. I am really pumped for this week, like more than usual for a PGA Championship. I don't really know why, but I am pumped. I feel good. I think my cash gant lineup is going to go ham. Let's win some motherfucking money in Gen Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Joe.